Welcome to A Path to Redemption, the podcast. My name is Daniel Arona, and just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you, Jesus loves you, and the Holy Spirit loves you. Look, I hope that you're having a great week. Again, I hope that you're spending time with the Lord in prayer, and that you're really getting as close to Him as you possibly can, because it's so important that we stay so close to the Lord. Again, we continually hear about different false teachings going on out there, about different things happening in the in the realm of Christianity and with, with some of these churches, and it's just important that we stay as close to Him as we possibly can, that we study to show ourselves approved unto God and that we continue to focus on him and the work that he has for us. Amen. So last time we were together, we kind of talked about how the Holy Spirit spoke through us and we're we're going to continue to talk about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Holy Spirit. Um, But before we kind of talk about that, we're going to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit today. And I, I want to set something straight about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, I want to make sure that everyone understands exactly what it is. Amen. But until we get started on that, uh, just a few housekeeping items again. All of our scripture comes from the New King James Version of the Bible. If you need a copy of a New King James Bible, please feel free to drop me a note at path to Redemption Ohio at gmail.com. I'm more than happy to get one into your hands. Also, don't forget about the website. There's tons of great reference material out there at pathtoredemptionministries.org. So just take a look at that if you get a chance. Um, and again, if you ever have any questions on any of the articles or or my book, Grace Abounds, that's up there, feel free to drop me a note at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. And then lastly, again, just make sure that you are studying to show yourself approved. Make sure that you are finding out what God has for you in all of this. Make sure that you are growing and learning. Don't just take my word for it. It's imperative that we all do our own work, our own studies, and then work out our own salvations with fear and trembling. But if you do need help and you do want my help, again, feel free to just drop me a note at pathtoredemptionohio at gmail.com. Amen. So let's go ahead and get started. So we're actually going to start here in Matthew chapter 3, and we're going to start at verses 10 through 15. So in Matthew chapter 3, starting at verse 10, this is what the Bible says. And even now the axe is laid to the roots of the tree. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down into the fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. So this is John the Baptist here preaching about who is coming, about Jesus Christ. And I want to focus here on verse 11, where it says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. So John here talks about a baptism after the water baptism, a baptism that's to come later when Jesus Christ came and when Jesus Christ comes, right? And we know that when Jesus Christ came back in, in here just even a few verses later, that John the Baptist baptizes Jesus in water. We see the Holy Spirit descend upon him as a dove, right? But it was important to understand that the Holy Spirit could not come until Jesus Christ was ascended. In terms of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now, I, I need to 
be clear here, right? Because Paul says very clearly there's one baptism. And there is one baptism. There's one water baptism, but there's also the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When we believe on Jesus Christ, right, then it's the Holy Spirit that has pulled us in to present us back to to Jesus Christ, that we may believe on him, that we may have access to the Father. We've kind of covered that before, right? And at that point, we have the Holy Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will draw us and lead us into those things, okay? But there is something about being endued with power through the Holy Spirit, right? And this is what Jesus said about it in Acts chapter 1, starting at verse 4. He said, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So here, I want you to, you got to look at this, at the kind of the, what the Bible is saying here. He says in verse eight, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. When you baptize something, that, that word baptize literally means to immerse and to immerse so much that you take on the characteristics of what you've been baptized in. So if you think of a piece of linen and the way they used to dye linen in different types of colors is they would go ahead and they dip it in the dye, right? And then they take it out. Let's say they had red dye and they take it out and be a pink, right? Well, that's not red. So then they had to dip it in again, right? And then they have to take it out and then, oh, it's a little, little darker, but not quite red. So then they have to dip it in again, right? And then have to keep doing that until the linen itself actually took on the characteristics of that red until it soaked through all the fibers and through everything that it was to really become red, right? That's the way the baptism of the Holy Spirit should work with us. We should be endued with power. We should it should fall on us, right? We should be able to to go to Christ in power, right, and be able to do the things that even Christ was doing here because the Holy Spirit rested upon him. And that is how the scripture, and that's how this works, right? And that's what the scripture kind of bears out. That's why Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. It's not because of us. We are not God. We are not the things that, that God says. And and I know that the baptism of the Holy Spirit gets a, a bad rap of, from time to time, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But we are not God, and we are not the ones that decide what God does, but rather it is Jesus Christ and through the Holy Spirit that that gives us the power to be able to execute according to the will of the Father. Okay, and that's what we have to understand. All right, so let's look at the experience here of the Holy Spirit, and that comes in Acts chapter two, starting at verse one. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So understanding that, the Holy Spirit descended upon them, right? And it filled the whole house as a mighty rushing wind. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as one of fire, and one sat upon each 
each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So we kind of talked last time about how the Holy Spirit will speak through us. And one of the ways to do that is actually through um, speaking in unknown tongues and how that when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit will pray through us through groanings and utterances um, that can't be spoken. And that's what, what the Bible says in the book of Romans. So understanding that, that it sat upon the disciples. Now, I heard I heard one minister say that, oh, well, that was just an experience for that time and place. And I completely disagree, right? That was the beginning of the church age, was at the day of Pentecost. So if the day of Pentecost was literally the birth of the church, because let's keep in mind, it was right after this that Peter is going to go out and preach the sermon on the day of Pentecost, and 3,000 people are going to get saved, and they're going to come to come to Jesus Christ, and they're going to, they're going to give their lives over to him. So you cannot tell me that if this is what happened on day one of the church age, that it's not good for the church today. I'm sorry, I just don't buy that. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So why would he do it then and then not give us that same power to execute his will that is on this earth right now, to fulfill our own callings and to fulfill the ministries that we have, right? That's the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Is that we can be endued with power, that we can pray according to the will of the Spirit, pray according to the will of God when we don't know how to pray, right? And then ultimately be go out to execute and to do whatever his will is, right? I can tell you right now that that with, along with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it, it keeps you, right? And gives you power to overcome certain things that maybe you wouldn't be able to get, to do on your own. Think about this, right? If the children of Israel had, if Christ had come and the Holy Spirit had been given to him, then would they have gone the way of the flesh, the way that they did consistently when they went and followed other gods and did all those things, right? I don't know the answer to that. They may have, but it would have been harder if they had been baptized with the Holy Spirit because the baptism of the Holy Spirit will help draw you back to Christ, draw you back to where it was, draw you back to the calling, back to the purpose, and it'll draw you to where you need to go. And it's all about being led by his spirit so that we don't fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? Now, there's other aspects to this as well that that we're going to kind of talk about here in a second, but you have to understand that there is still a need after the initial uh, restoration, after the initial regeneration, when you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, and even after water baptism, there is still a need for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we see that borne out in Acts chapter 19, starting at verse 1, where it says, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. And finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much heard as whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, Into what then were you baptized? So they said, Into John's baptism. And then what does Paul say here? Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him, that is on Jesus Christ. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul had laid hands on him, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Now the men were about 12 in all. So look here, right? This is a perfect example of how this is supposed to work. So Paul asked them, hey, did you receive the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but you know, after you believed? And they said, no, we don't even know that there is a Holy Spirit. So what does they say? He says, look, 
the John baptized into repentance, which you needed, and you needed to believe in Jesus Christ. But you got to be baptized into Jesus Christ. And then Paul laid his hands on them, and the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Now, why is that so important? Because it lays out how this whole thing works, right? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. You don't have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to get to heaven. You don't have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be saved. You don't have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to still feel a leading in your spirit or for the Lord to talk to you or for anything like that, right? The baptism of the Holy Spirit, though, does endue you with power because that's what Jesus Christ said. What is that power? That power is to execute the calling that God has placed on your life, right? Every single one of us has been called to do a work. I cannot say that enough. You have a purpose. God has a plan for you. All of those things, right? But it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit that will allow you to give you the power, the the actual power to be able to do that calling. Amen? So understanding that, we should want and desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because frankly, we don't know how to pray 99% of the time and I'm or because we want to know what God's will is, right? And I don't know what God's will is in any given situation. I, I don't know. Yes, I have the word, but we don't know what lessons God might be trying to teach people. We don't know what trials of the faith or what level God might be bringing people onto. So it's important for us to understand what the will of God is. And if we don't know what the will of God is, simply pray in the Holy Ghost, right? Jude said to build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. So all of this is important. And praying in the Holy Ghost can help edify you and build you up. Now, again, as I talked about last time, is that it's not meant to be in front of the church, in front of other people. It's your personal prayer language between you and God, right? But I want to make sure that we understand here and that I'm clear. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not in lieu of salvation, and it is not what you do not have to go through it in order to be saved. My grandparents are perfect examples. Never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. My grandma would still have dreams. My grandma would still get words of knowledge from time to time. My grandpa still got words of wisdom, but they were never baptized in the Holy Spirit with power. And for that very reason, you know, and I don't know what their calling was or anything like that, but they were good, solid members of the church. Uh, they asked my grandpa to be a deacon at one point, but he, he said no because he couldn't control my grandma and the gossip and all that stuff. So and nothing against it. It's just how it was. But they never really fulfilled, I believe, what God really truly had for them, maybe what God wanted for them, right? And if we're going to do that, we have to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit because you're going to need the power, the physical ability to get through what it is that God wants you to get through to learn the lessons and so that you can minister to other people, right? Now, I know plenty of people that have been received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and do the same thing, sit on a pew and they dance in the Spirit a little bit, they speak in tongues a little bit and, you know, they get their shout on and then it's just just check, 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 check in the boxes, and then that's it. That's all they do, right? That's not it either. You still have to be willing to go through the things that God wants of you. You still have to be willing to sacrifice the things that God wants in order for you to fulfill the calling, but the baptism of the Holy Spirit makes that a little bit easier, right? Now, here's what what Jesus said in John chapter 14, starting at verse 25. He said, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the helper, the Holy
Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. You have heard me say to you, I am going away and coming back to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice, because I said, I am going to my Father, for my Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it comes, that when it does come to pass, you may believe, I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he has nothing in me. But that the world may know that I love the Father, and as the Father gave me commandment, so do I. Arise, let us go from here. So Jesus here is telling you, look, there is a helper that's going to come after me. And because he went to the Father, he sent back his peace, who would teach us of all things and bring to our remembrance all things that Christ has said to us, right? That is the Holy Spirit. A good portion of that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit as well, to allow the Holy Spirit to be able to teach you, to guide you, to commune with you, to give you the knowledge and the power to be able to work and move forward in whatever it is that God has for you, right? So look, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is incredibly important in my personal opinion, just because I don't know how I could ever get through it if I didn't have the ability to pray in the Holy Ghost because for the edification of myself, for the building up of my own holy faith, and then also because I don't know how to pray, right? And then on top of that, to know and recognize that when it's time for me to step out in my calling and it's time for me to to minister according to the leading of the Spirit, that that power will be there simply because I have been baptized and immersed in that Holy Spirit, right? And I know that it's going to be there. Why? Because Christ said, I will be endued with power whenever the Holy Spirit comes, right? And we see that happen in in Acts chapter 19 with what Paul did. And then on top of that, we know that when we walk in there and we walk according to that faith and according to the leading of the Spirit, that everything will happen exactly the way that God wants it and intends it to do, to be, right? We have been immersed. We have taken on that. We step into the Holy Spirit. He rests upon us so that when we stretch out our hands, it is Christ stretching out his hands. It's the Holy Spirit stretching out his hands. Amen. John chapter 16, starting at verse five says this, but now I go away to him who sent me and none of you asks me, where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin, because they do not believe in me of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will speak He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you, right? And look what Jesus says in verse 8. He says that when he has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe me, of righteousness because I go to my Father, and you see me no 
more of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit convicts people to draw them to Jesus Christ, right? That's what Jesus is talking about here. And then in verse 12, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, that's the same Holy Spirit I'm talking about, has come and you've been baptized in him, he will guide you in all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak to you, right? He will tell you of things to come. He will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you, right? So think about this. Then the spirit of truth has come, which is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the thing that we talked about in the book of Acts. He will, he will guide us. He will speak what Jesus Christ has said. He will glorify Christ. Christ, he will take what is Christ and declare it unto us, and then and he will te- tell us of things to come. Amen. So I want you to think about that. That's why it's so important to have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It makes being led by the Spirit so much easier because you have been immersed in the Spirit, and the Holy Spirit then rests upon you and in you as it does when you first believe, right? So look, there's a lot of things around the baptism of the Holy Spirit that are misconjectures. You do not have to be ba- have the baptism of the Holy Spirit to be saved. That is not scriptural. If someone tells you that they are lying to you, and that is not correct. The scripture does not say that. The scripture says that if you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you shall be saved. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, right? That does not make anything about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? But the baptism of the Holy Spirit does give you the evidence of speaking in tongues. If you don't have the evidence of speaking in tongues, then you have not gone through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, the other thing it does, it makes it easier to follow the Spirit because it makes it easier to understand what the will of God is. It makes it a whole lot easier not to act presumptively, which is what a lot of which is what a lot is happening in Christianity right now. Ministers and people are acting under presumption, or as they call it, even unction, right? Where they think what they're doing is right, but in all actuality, the spirit wants to go a different way. And I've seen it repeatedly, repeatedly, and repeatedly. And unfortunately, at this point, if they would sit down, pray, and these are people that do have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, if they would sit down and pray, they would truly understand the way that God wants them to go, right? But it makes that a whole lot easier. Why? Because it's the spirit's responsibility, again, to guide us into all truth, to speak what Jesus Christ says, to tell us of things to come to glorify Christ, and then to declare what is Jesus Christ. Amen. That's what the scripture says here in John 16. So it's so important that we understand that. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a key aspect to your relationship, and it can certainly further your relationship. And the Holy Spirit wants you to be immersed in him. You need to be immersed in the Holy Spirit, in my opinion. It's so important for all of us as we continue to believe and continue to go into what God wants us to do to fulfill our calling so that we may have the power to fulfill the calling, amen, that God has for us, right? Could you imagine, without the Holy Spirit, Peter would not have been able on the day of Pentecost to step out and go and preach that sermon that he did on the day of Pentecost. Without the Holy Spirit, Paul would not have been able to endure the beatings and going being thrown into prison and all these things for the Gentiles. He wouldn't have gotten half the revelation that he got in the New Testament, right? Without the Holy Spirit revealing it to him. And all of that comes from the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
If you want to go deeper with God, you want to go further with God than you ever have before, ask God to give you the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to share this with you, and then this is going to be the last thing, is that my dad, when he was in church, he he said, well, I have the Holy Spirit, and this guy was teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and, and my dad told him, he said, you know, well, I have the Holy Spirit, and I don't speak in tongues, and the, the man rightfully said, he said, well, I'm sorry you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit then. So what happened is my dad went that night and he prayed. And he said, Lord, if I am if I don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he said, well, I want it. And he's like, you know, just give it to me however you have to, but go ahead and give it to me. And that night, dad had a dream that when he woke up, he he felt something. There were tears running down his face. He knelt down at the, at the side of his bed and the baptism of the Holy Spirit came upon him and he spoke with unknown tongues. And as soon as dad woke up that very next morning, that's exactly what happened, right? So yes, in Acts chapter 19, Paul laid hands on these people, but our God is a big God and our God is a good enough God to where if you want it and you want to desire it from a pure heart, he will give it to you. All you have to do is ask. The scripture says very plainly, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. All you have to do is push forward into him. Ask more from him. Ask what you what he wants in your life, right? And he will give it to you. And you can be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And it's so and then you'll be endued with power to be able to push forward into your calling and into the things that God has for you. Amen. Look, it, it's an amazing thing. It's not something to be feared. It's something to be desired. It's something that will bring you into a more intimate relationship with Jesus Christ, being completely immersed in the Holy Spirit. Amen. And look, there's a lot of question marks around it, and I get it. It can be confusing, and it's it's an experience, right? And it's not, and but it's scriptural, and there's a ton of scripture to back back it up, right? And it, what happened in the Book of Acts isn't just a story. It's not something that you just say, oh, well, you know, that was an experience back then. That has nothing to do with us now. That's not true. That same thing that was opened up to Peter and Paul is available to us right now. Why? Because at the beginning of the church days, the Lord said that in the in the last days that he would pour out the former rain and the latter rain. We're supposed to have a double portion of it, but we can have the fullness of Christ and the fullness of the Holy Spirit. All we have to do is ask. Amen. Whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And after that, we can be filled and immersed with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Look, I hope you got something out of this. I hope you enjoyed this. Our song of the week this week comes from um, actually Coney Carnes um, on, uh, it's just a single, but the name of the song is Firm Foundation. Great song. I absolutely love it, but I want you to know it's a, it's a great song and it's so true because Christ is our firm foundation. You know, it is, he is our firm foundation. It's something that we must build upon and the baptism of the Holy Spirit is part of that. Amen. And it can can help build upon that foundation of Jesus Christ with Jesus Christ as the chief cornerstone. Amen. Look, I hope you're getting something out of this. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to drop me a note at pathredemptionohio at gmail.com. Next week, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, um, how it's the demonstration of power. um, Now that we've talked about how we have been endued with power through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But until next week, just remember this simple truth. The Father loves you. Jesus loves you and the Holy Spirit loves you. God bless.